I'm Tom Baker, and we're trying to get a hold of Wes Reimnitz right now. The phone seems not to be working. So today is Thursday, August the 8th, in the year of our Lord, 2019. And it's a rumination Thursday where we take issues that seem to be coming up in the newspaper and elsewhere and trying to deal with them. And what really caught our attention this week is a title on an article, Boy Scout Scandal Could Be Bigger Than Catholic Church Crisis. And in fact, you sent me some information on that, didn't you? Right, I sent you two articles on it. Yep. It's, it, I found it rather fascinating because uh, the, the articles came right out and called them pedophiles. Yeah, they're really homosexuals, and of course, a pedophile is a homosexual, and I've said a lot of times on this radio program, unrepentant homosexuals are always pedophiles. Not that they right. will work with a, a, a youth and uh, molest him physically, but they will say that this is a valid lifestyle, even to youth. And that's well, pedophilia at work. Right. Right. Well, what I, what I caught right away is we had discussed this uh, back in 2013, about six years ago. Yes. And, and six years ago, you know, my notes indicate where you were calling that uh, pedophilia when the, when the scouts were going to allow homosexual leaders in as uh, – as guides, assistants, scoutmasters, volunteers, things of that nature. Yeah, in fact, I had a conversation with Dr. James Veltz when the Boy Scouts were considering allowing homosexuals to uh, lead the youth. And I said to Jim, there's no way that's going to happen. And he said to me, no, it will happen within a year. Well, Dr. Veltz was correct and I was wrong. And, of course, this is just the consequence of uh, allowing those who are controlled by Satan to take care of your children. Children. And one of the things that I found in the article that, that I thought was rather interesting, this goes back to 1920. The, the records indicate this. this is, you know, next year is 2020, so it's been going on for almost 100 years. Yes, they had all kinds of reports, and the Boy Scouts Association are hiding from uh, these reporters the list of names that were caught with the Boy Scouts in inappropriate procedures. And it, it kind of reminds me the Boy Scouts have to catch up with the Roman Catholic Church. Just last week in the Post-Dispatch, they had the list of names of priests that were homosexuals. And mm. it was really interesting. They told their age, whether they, about half of them had already died, but a number of them were retired and had been removed from the priesthood. Right. Well, you know, the Boy Scouts started right around 1910. And by 1920, they were already reporting that there was pedophilia going on. And I, from reading the articles, it, it to me looked like a snowball that's rolling down a, a hill, 
and just keeps getting bigger and bigger and massive and massive and massive. Yeah, and in 2018, the Boy Scouts actually considered filing bankruptcy because they were losing so much money over this. And now we hear 800 Boy Scouts have accused the Boy Scout Association of failing to protect them from sex abuse. And new lawsuits are going to be being filed in, in the coming months. Right, and they seem to indicate that there's at least 350 abusers that they've found so far. Yes, 350 previously unknown scoutmasters and yeah. volunteers who allegedly preyed on boys, and guess what, whose names were not known to law enforcement, or were they in the Boy Scout Association's internal database? And the critics yeah. have called these perversion files because these same homosexuals are now being placed in areas where they're once more uh, with boys on camping trips, etc. Right, and it seems to indicate from the records, too, that uh, out of those 350 unknown, in some instances they were known to police or had served uh, jail time for pedophilia. So it wasn't as if it couldn't have been found out that uh, there was a problem there. Yeah, we don't fool around in church. We have a number of churches have babysitting facilities uh, during the worship service. And I've always indicated that you have to have two adults with the children, not just one. And we've never had any problem because most of them are uh, women. But, uh, you know, in a lot of jobs, they check out your past. And that's easier to do today if you want to be working in some areas, particularly with youth. Right. When I worked in, in the district office here in the Central Illinois District, uh, if, when it came to youth workers or things of that nature and congregations asked me what they should do, I always talked to them about vetting. I said, go, go do some background checks on your church workers. It's just part of your call process. Yeah. One of the statements in the article you sent me it is apparent that the Boy Scout defendants continue to hide the true nature of their cover-up and the extent of the pedophilia epidemic within their organization because the vast majority of new victims coming forward involve claims of abuse at the hands of these pedophiles who are not yet identified by the Boy Scouts of America. Mm. Somewhere, somewhere along the line, the the ball got dropped in their filing of complaints, or they ignored the complaints altogether. Well, it helps us to understand why the Boy Scouts would make such a crazy, satanic decision to allow homosexuals to lead their children. It's probably because, and this we still have to find out about that many of the leaders in the Boy Scouts are homosexuals, and they saw a real opportunity here. Uh, they've got occasions in the articles you sent me where these Boy Scout leaders would prey on Boy Scouts at their homes. 
They're at homes, yeah. Cars. Yes. And, of course, if they ever got him out on a camp out, uh, the boy's sleeping in bed, and all of a sudden he finds somebody else in bed with him. Yeah. Uh, my son was involved in scouting there for a while, and I know that uh, they there was a vetting process uh, that uh, scouts went through to, before they let adults uh, handle time with them. At least here in the Springfield area, they took time to to figure, you know, how, and they encourage parents to come and spend time with the, especially the fathers spend time with their boys, you know, so that uh, a lot of this stuff was kept in check. Yes, and, and then they've got all kinds of situations where the Boy Scouts show their homosexual tendencies. There was a um, individual named Gary Stroop, a former troop yep. leader, he was banned from Boy Scouts after being accused of groping 11-year-old boys in 1989. Yet, he remained a member of the National Eagle Scout Association, according to a letter Boy Scouts sent to his council two years later. Boy, so you've got all kinds of situations here that if you're going to be sending your child to the Boy Scouts especially now that they condone homosexual leadership, you're really putting your child in a dangerous situation. And, of course, as they go on to show that he, he was indicted for uh, cases where he worked at a, at a school, at a middle school. So, you know, uh, he was caught doing it elsewhere. Exactly. Which he should should have alerted the, the scouts when the complaints came in. It should have been thoroughly investigated. Yes, in fact, um, when his lawyer appealed his Boy Scout membership revocation, he submitted 41 letters of support, including from the principal of Avondale Elementary School, where he had worked. So you wonder now, what about this principal? Yeah, well... Scoutmasters, school directors. Yes. Uh, pastor of his church. The pastor of his Methodist church. And we know well that many in the Methodist church see no problem with homosexuality, no problem with gay marriage, and therefore, in a real sense, no problem with pedophilia. Oh, yeah. That's the next thing well, that's going to be coming. Although I'll be astonished if the Supreme Court allows pedophilia uh, and the way they'll do that is that the child will give consent and since it's not being forced on the child how, how can you do that you know they're, they're going to use the same arguments homosexuals have used I was born that way and God would never have let me be born that way if it was a sin well that's the same argument that pedophilias are, are using that they're born that cool. way a love for children, and what's wrong with that? In numerous instances that these articles bring out, and I'm glad that you talk about it, is that uh, in some of these instances, the boys were, were being taught that it's just a normal rite of passage. Yes. That it just and and with this whole abuse thing that's been hitting the newspapers last few years they came came out to see that uh, no this is not right 
I normally don't watch Long Goss, uh, Long Goss, Law and Order <laughs> anymore on television because they're so politically incorrect and they're there for abortion and everything. But they did have one a few years ago. They probably regret putting out. Um, homosexual was arrested for fooling around with a 13-year-old child. And in the court, he used the argument that being born that way, that was God's way of telling him that those feelings he was having were okay. And the 13-year-old was put on the stand saying that she enjoyed his company. And therefore, you had a situation where... He was trying to get away with it because it wasn't by force. Uh, the girl enjoyed it, etc. And once we live in an age where evolution is considered to be the norm for behavior, what is wrong with an individual uh, fooling around with a, a little girl? From an evolutionary point of view, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, well said. And, and I think you bring up an excellent point about uh, how God puts it. You know, uh, a good resource book still is that Tom Eckstein book, yep. Bearing Their Burden. You know, what, what he makes is very foundational before he goes into talking about homosexuality. What? Marriage. Marriage. Yes. In Genesis 1 and 2. And he brings up, I think, an uh, excellent point that that God created male and female, and he gave them to each other inside of marriage. That sexual activity is is between a man and a woman inside the marriage itself. Yes, we uh, as Christians simply don't recognize that uh, gay marriage is a valid marriage, regardless of what the courts may say, simply because we must obey God rather than man. Right. And I I found that uh, rather pivotal, I think, when we, when we, whenever we discuss this with, with our members and with people out there that uh, in God's view, you he created marriage to be between a man and a woman, and you know when he created when he created the male and female, he said it was good. We in the church need to really be giving better understanding of what motivates people to live these sinful lifestyles and an excellent uh item that occurred here on k f u o uh they had a uh, individual who was uh, from the convention, I think he was a delegate, and he was talking about the three things that move youth in an area, and it's either the law of the land, the culture from which they came, or their peers. And they were talking about this in order that when parents send their children to colleges that are very politically correct in these immoral ways, that they need to get them involved with a church, a Lutheran church, affiliated with the college. We, we have pastors that are affiliated with the colleges. For a while, I was helping out at Washington University, and we would have students come to church on Sundays, etc., and they had some pretty good ideas to keep the new students 
who are brand new into the university uh, to keep them as Christians rather than falling into what their peers were saying or what the culture of the university was saying or what even the law permits. Right. Yeah, you've discussed that several times, that those three areas. And uh, as I pondered over it for the last week or so, I see one thing that's still missing out of there. And what's that? That God's at the head of the list. Well, he oversees all three and judges. Like, a lot of laws are fine. Um, Although, last night I was returning. It's almost 300-mile round trip. I was preaching uh, for two congregations. And I'm going down these two-lane roads in Illinois, and a policeman puts his lights on behind me. And I had to move over and guess what was why he was stopping me. My You're le- driving me. No, my left headlight was out. Oh. And I didn't know it. And he spent about 10, 15 minutes looking at my insurance and taking my driver's license to his car and came back. And he even said... Um, I'll just give you a warning that your light is out. Do you want a copy of it? And I said, no, I trust you. And I thought, well, wait a minute. I still had over 100 miles to go to get home. Right. And uh, so I had my high beams on. As soon as I saw a car, I would turn them off to alert them that this was a car, not a motorcycle. (laughs) Unfortunately, it was my right headlamp that was still working. Mm. Whereas the left one would have uh, alerted people. And so guess where we're going right after we leave the studio? Yeah, see, now I would have thought that you would have gotten taken the warning ticket with you. Not not that you didn't trust them it's in case you got stopped again. On yeah, that I thought about that. But fortunately, a number of the places, they were dual highways. So I stayed over to the right and just kept my high beams on and... I was pretty fortunate, and when I got to St. Louis, I could have stayed on the main road, St. Charles Rock Road, but there's another way that runs along St. Charles Rock Road, but it's very residential. There's hardly police there, so I went home that way, (laughs) and I could keep my high beams on the whole time. But you bring out a point that's also right for what we've been discussing. He checked your background. He yes. wanted to see if you've been speeding, been in accidents. When he could see that you you have a good driving record, he said, this is something that uh, we can write a warning ticket on. He spent the time to do a background check, and that's something that we need to be doing in these various positions. Exactly. When I drive for Uber, I always have my headlights on, uh, mm. even during the daytime, just to make sure because so many accidents occur because other cars don't see your car. And so um, I'm giving serious thought about replacing both headlights because it does have, what am I up to, uh, 213,000 miles. <laughs> yeah. Well, back to, to Eckstein's yeah. book, you know, he, he uses uh, Galatians 6, 1 and 2, he talks about bearing one another's burdens in love. Yep. And we discussed that. 
What's interesting as it goes on in, in Galatians 6 is do not be deceived. God is not mocked. I mean, if nothing else, when we're, we're talking with people about their lives and and that is that you can maybe fool your parents, you can fool your pastor, you can fool the police for a while, you can fool them all for a while, but, but the one person you can't fool is God. God knows and sees our hearts. Yeah, if you, um, I think it was on Issues Etc. yesterday as I was listening to it, they were talking about these marches that these homosexuals have at various times. And if you watch the march, it's just really erotic marching. It's way mm. beyond the pale, and you shouldn't have your children there watching what's going on. Uh, and we're talking about instances where we, where it appears to us that these are unrepentant in, in their lifestyles. Uh, but we do know of, of those that, that uh, live a repentant lifestyle and, and are not a part of that, and they, exactly. they believe and trust in the promises of the gospel. Yeah, you can have feelings of that and still be forgiven that and not act out on it. There, there's nobody who can't be moved to repent and be forgiven. And that's the task of the church is not only to warn our people uh, about the satanic nature of this kind of activity like uh, abortion, gay marriage, homosexuality, but also to speak to those who are caught up in that and help them repent of it and come to a proper understanding of Christianity. And so they're not like that girl we were talking about. She says, yes, I sleep with other men, but Jesus still loves me. Yeah, I mean, it really really back to that foundational piece that sexual activity is inside the marriage itself. Not outside the marriage. Outside the marriage, I think you described very, fairly well. It's it's really satanic influence. Yes, God set up marriage between a man and a woman, and anything short of that is sin, and therefore it's a breaking of the first commandment: "Thou shalt have no other gods before me." Mm. Because you have another God, namely your own ideas, your own feelings, and the devil can work well in that area. Yeah, I still uh, am out there, one of these that uh, recommend uh, Tom Eckstein's book, Bearing the Burden. I've given it to to a district president, uh, to pastors, you know, when they were dealing with it. And they they found it helpful. And, and you can and, get uh, it on Amazon.com. Eckstein yeah. is E-C-K-S-T-E-I-N, Thomas. And uh, Bearing Their Burdens is the name of the book. In fact, I at occasionally had Tom come in and do my program, Long Gospel, hmm. when I was uh, unavailable about that. But... Um, yeah, there's a lot more we can say about this, but uh, we'll have to say that for another time. So you heard the music? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Look forward to next week, and we'll see what you come up with. I'm Tom Baker, and that was Wes Reimnitz. And tomorrow's Open Mic Friday. In case you might have some questions, we'll be glad to answer them. Until then... God bless.
Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.